You wanted to know what's going on with Windows 10X? Well, I've got the answer. But before we dive in, today's podcast is brought to you by Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott. We'll have more on that here in just a minute or a few minutes maybe or something like that. Anyways, a uh, big week. We'll have a little bit more here on Windows 10X in just a minute. But first, we need to get through the news of the week. First off, uh, as a reminder, there is Microsoft Build at the end of the month. I'm expecting a lot of good stuff to come out of that. Um, hopefully, we'll get some Windows-related stuff, uh, but we will see. But there's definitely going to be a lot of announcements coming at Build, so that's just something to keep on the agenda. Uh, Microsoft announced this week they're going to allow EU customers to store all data inside the EU. This is actually a pretty big deal when it comes to like GDPR and there's a big initiative inside of the European Union to keep uh, make it basically make it tech independent of the world if you know to a reasonable degree and so what this will allow Microsoft customers to do starting after next year this is going to take a while to completely roll out is right now it's possible to only store your data but let's say you need certain features and functionality there's a good chance your data might go to another country for processing or just whatever because that's where the servers are uh, Microsoft is committing that in the future or near future I should say that you'll be able to process all your data exclusively inside the borders of the the confines of the EU and help you stay uh, you know in good relations with regulations and all all that good stuff it's it's a pretty big initiative for microsoft honestly i thought that this was already possible but apparently it's not it's only the storage of data at this time and then so now they're taking the next level of processing and, and doing all of that stuff um, this summer, Microsoft is going to remove officially Adobe Flash will be finito, gone, dunzo from Windows and Windows Server for that matter. So if you're somehow still holding on to Flash and you, you really need it or something, you're going to be needing to pay attention to this. But Flash sort of lived a life and so get ready for that thing to be gone. Um, triaging OneSync issues or OneDrive sync issues is about to get a little bit easier for IT pros out there. So right now, if an IT pro ha has a, a user that says, hey, OneDrive isn't working and I don't quite understand, it's a bit of a pain in the butt to try to figure out what's going on. Microsoft is building a new OneDrive dashboard for these IT pros that will allow them to actually look at specific specific machines and sync issues from that dashboard so you can drill down into the specific user issue and tell them to restart their machine or make sure they're connected to the internet. Uh, so that will help triaging those issues just a little bit better. There's also new customization options that are coming from Reply Allstorm. So this is one of those funny things that you don't really think about until it's kind of happening but it's all I think we most people have probably had this happen at some point where there's some big corporate wide email that maybe accidentally goes out and somebody hits reply all and then there's just this huge storm of emails just blowing up your inbox from your 10,000 100,000 person company of people just hitting reply all and there's always that one person that hits reply all and says stop hitting reply all anyways Microsoft has new tools built into exchange and Microsoft 365 that are going to help mitigate that and there's new rules like minimum number of recipient recipients uh, minimum number of reply alls and uh, these are all just different features and configurations that you can use to actually stop those storms before they take down your environment with just a whole bunch of traffic and other stuff. So uh, big news of this podcast, and this is uh, you know a scoop, exclusive, whatever you're going to call it. So Microsoft, we've been wondering what's been going on with Windows 10X. It was originally announced back in the fall of 2019. We saw really nothing in 2020 other than a sort of vague blog post that says, hey, we're not going to focus Windows 10X on dual screen devices. It's going to be going to probably single screen first, which means that the service Neil was... And then all of a sudden, we haven't heard really anything since that blog post. Well... The reason why we haven't heard anything else is that Windows 10X is absolutely not coming in 2021, and I honestly don't know if we are ever going to see it. More specifically, the Windows 10X that we have seen so far, 
I don't think that's ever coming to market. Now, the technologies that Microsoft has built and baked into Windows 10X, those will come to proper Windows 10. But Windows 10X, as Microsoft announced it, along with the Surface Neo, are not coming to market anytime soon. Now, the interesting question becomes, what happens with Surface Neo? It seems like Microsoft is still playing around with that form factor. I don't know if explicitly if the Surface Neo is dead by any means, um, but it does raise an interesting question that if it does come to market, what OS would it run? And technically, it still could run a, an iteration of Windows 10X, but more than likely, it might actually be running like Windows desktop, like just traditional Windows 10. Um, so we will see. But Windows 10X, uh, I, I think we've reached the end of the road for that product. And it, it's sort of like, honestly, I think it makes... I think this is probably the right move. You think about the the market right now in like vendors are actually having a very hard time building PCs. If you're a large company and you're trying to buy, I don't know, a thousand laptops to refresh your environment, it's honestly pretty darn difficult. So for Microsoft to launch a, a new OS with new hardware in a in a market that can't even get a traditional PC and where hardware you know, constraints are significant, it just it really doesn't make sense to take that much of a risk right now, considering that PCs, like a traditional PC, is selling really well. Uh, I talked to a bunch of OEMs who were familiar with what was going on with Windows 10X uh, a few weeks back, and a lot of them honestly just said, hey, what we really want are, is really just Windows 10. We appreciate the flexibility. We understand what Microsoft is trying to do with Windows 10X, but we don't think it's getting there. Like it, this, like what they've shown us so far isn't the solution that we really need. And I think Microsoft honestly just heard that feedback and made the tough decision that says, hey, look, even though we've announced this OS, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to ship it right now. Now, the reason why I'm not saying Windows 10X is like definitively dead forever is that in three years Microsoft could pull it out of the pull it off the shelf and say, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna keep working on this thing and we're eventually gonna ship it." Like that is a, a, a very real possibility. Microsoft has done that in the past, um, but for the near future, in medium term future, I would not expect to see Windows 10X arrive in really any flavor. Um, just be on on the lookout for Windows 10. Now, the other side of me is like disappointed in this because. Because Windows 10X was like the last bastion of sort of excitement inside of the world of Windows, right? It was something new. It was something different. Microsoft was trying different things again. But here we are uh, talking about it. On the other side of that same same style topic, if Microsoft did ship this, then they're in a really awkward place because you're going to get into this thing like, well, why didn't Microsoft ship X device with Windows 10X? Why, why haven't we seen any updates? Why is it not getting much traction? And then Microsoft has to support it for five, 10 years or whatever it is. So the moral here is the, the bottom line is that Windows 10X is not arriving anytime soon um, and not really anytime in the near future. Um, so, you know, the excitement in Windows, again, shifts back to Sun Valley. And Sun Valley, by everything that I'm hearing, is going to be pretty significant. I'm, I'm very excited for Microsoft to fully reveal their plans and what they're going to be talking about. I don't know if we're going to see that at Build. Um, it might be happening a few weeks after that, something like that. Um, but we will see what Microsoft actually does here. But for now, put your eyes on uh, Sun Valley because I think that's where it's warranted. Now, the, the question will become, in Microsoft, not through their own, like, you know, their own blog post or anything else, but, I mean, the, the community has been hyping up Sun Valley, myself included. And so I hope that it deserves everything that we've been hearing about because if it falls short, then Windows is going to be back in that kind of stagnant state of like okay it's just another thing um but i don't think we're gonna be i don't think we're gonna be there so anyways windows 10x 
the journey the journey ends here the funny thing about 10x is like a build actually leaked all right it's one of the more popular videos on this channel is just that that hands-on that i did and so that might be a relic for the archives at some point if microsoft truly never does actually pull this thing back off the shelf and start working on it again um so if there's any other if you guys have any other thoughts or questions about 10x i'd love to know them um but that seems like that's about where we are it for now but jumping over, as I mentioned here, to this podcast is sponsored by Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott. Now, some of you may have heard of this podcast. We have other podcasts that I've done. And if you haven't, and that's okay, and if you haven't heard of Kevin Scott, that's okay. He is the chief technology officer over at Microsoft, and he's got, honestly, a pretty good podcast. His podcast is called Behind the Tech, and you can find it on all major platforms. But what he does, he goes behind the scenes with today's most innovative tech leaders. It's a diverse technology podcast, but honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a pretty good chance you're going to like that one. Um, and he's talked to some pretty big names over the years sam altman may jemison uh reed hoffman all people in the back catalog you can go check that out that is behind the tech with kevin scott available on all of your major podcast platforms you'll also be able to find it in the description um, of this podcast as well so jumping over to the gaming news there's been uh, quite a bit of quite a bit of gaming news so there's been there's been some really interesting stuff here. Most of it is coming out of this Epic uh, versus Apple court case. If you're not familiar with this, the, the super high level version is Apple and Epic are, are in court right now fighting it out. And Epic is basically accusing um, Apple uh, of uh, anti-competitive practices with its app store and that <clears throat> the 30% is not justified and that they are gatekeepers to the internet. And that's the short version of it. And it all stems around Fortnite wanting to be free and in-app purchases and Epic wanting to offer alternatives um, but Apple saying no and then they kick him out of the App Store and so here we are the reason why this is so interesting in the Microsoft community is uh, various people from Xbox have taken the stand and so We've learned a lot about uh, conversations quite literally between Tim Sweeney and Phil Spencer, such as Tim Sweeney pressuring Phil Spencer to make free-to-play games like Fortnite free on the console, which eventually did happen. I don't think it happened on Epic's timeline, um, but it did eventually happen. It also talks a lot about the, the, the cuts, the, the 30%, about how it, this is part of the, the court case, is how the 30% on a console is more justified because consoles are sold uh, at a loss, and so they use that percentage to make it up, whereas on an iPhone, iPhones are sold at a profit, and that 30% is just you know you know taking a little too much off the top um more things that came out quite literally right before this podcast is that apple filed uh, a complaint that the expert from microsoft who said that xbox consoles are not profitable they didn't provide enough information they can't just take their word microsoft did support some uh some court documentation to it but it was all redacted and so you couldn't actually see some of the information now there's a chance that it was more than likely in the court case non-redacted uh but apple's basically saying that microsoft's uh, S or VP, um, I think it was Lori Wright, was not qualified or did not provide enough information. She's more than qualified for her position, but in relation to this case. So the point of where this rambling is going is that there's just a ton of nuance coming out about uh, how the game industry works. We've also learned, if you've seen anything in the news lately about Sony's like uh, marketing or, or you know competitive practices against other vendors, um, a lot of that is all coming out of this court case. And so there's a lot more that we are going to learn over the next coming months. And this is going to be drug out for a very long time. Um, but if you're really interested in like the actual business side of what is happening, there's a lot to dig through and a lot to digest the more the it kind of boils down to it's like it's just a business transaction at the end of the day but they do you know throw around around a lot of weight when you have like epic on one side and microsoft negotiating on certain things and just seeing how you know how they talk uh it's just it's an interesting insight into the world uh, of gaming 
Um, Stadia has a few more hiccups along the way. Uh, a lot of executives, I think it was around six, left for Haven Studios, which I believe is building out a Sony IP uh, or an original IP. Uh, but it just, unfortunately for Stadia, like it feels like the hits just keep on coming. Like they closed down their game studio, then people left, and like they keep just being on the wrong side of press, uh, like on the negative side. And so I, I really don't want Stadia to go away. I really don't. But like the noise around it is just really like downward pressure, and Stadia needs something that's going to help like lift them back up and get some positive momentum, um, just for the sake of their long term um, health in the industry. Uh, Sony is also partnering with Discord through a minority investment, I believe it was through their Series H. Another interesting play by Sony, Sony now has done uh, investments into Epic and now into Discord. It's very clear that they are you know, slowly building out a strategy of investments in key players. You got to remember that Microsoft tried to buy Discord. I wonder if this is actually how some of this came out. Obviously, so Discord was looking to raise money in some capacity. Because that's how Sony got in on the investment. And maybe many of these vendors are like, hey, what if we just bought you uh, instead? And But either way, it doesn't look like anybody's buying them. It looks like they're going to go public. And uh, Sony is buying into Discord, at least for now. And, of course, nearly 100 titles are now supported on uh, with FPS boost on the console. It really just, again, amplifies that value of the Series S. You have all these backwards compatible games running at 60 or even 120 frames per second. And so that is just rolling along for the Microsofts. Um, let's jump over to the questions of the week. Just a handful of them tossed into the basket this time around. So first question in is from Finley. It says, Newton Mail, question mark. It says, I'm looking for an email solution, Android app and web and multiple CC, multiple PCs. I was looking at Newton Mail. I know you have a history with it. Do you still use it? Would you recommend it? Should it be trusted uh, to not shutter in the next year? So Newton Mail is a good app. Uh, it's not perfect. I've definitely had my hiccups along the way. Uh, I, do still, I do still use it on um, the PC. I don't necessarily use it all the time on mobile for various reasons. Uh, I believe you can do a two-week trial, and I definitely recommend that you give that two-week trial a, a go because that will give you the full experience. That Should it be trusted not to shut in the next next year? That is a question I can't really answer. I have no insight into the health of Newton Mail. Um, they are continuing to push updates, and so they are continuing to add and update the application, so it's not sitting stagnant like it had for several years, but I on, I can't really say, like, for sure this is going to go, this is going to last for the next 10 years. Uh, it's a really tough question to answer. The other thing, too, you got to remember, with Newton Mail, and this might turn some people off, is that so your mail sits on like Gmail or wherever. When you use Newton Mail, it aggregates it all into its own server, like a different server that is not owned by Gmail or uh, Microsoft at that. That's how it does all the fancy tricks that it can do. And so from that aspect, I believe you can tr trust people like Justin Mitchell, who is one of the co-owners of Newton Mail. Um, he, they seem like a pretty stand-up people, and they claim they're not going to read your email. I mean, I don't even like reading my own email. I don't know why other people would. Um, so that is something else you have to take in consideration. They do have a privacy policy out there that you can go take a look at that's highly recommended. Um, so you're going to have to try to just make your own decision. Unfortunately, there's not still not a great solution, primarily if you have Gmail and Outlook, because the Gmail app is actually just fine on, on iOS, uh, but it doesn't work so well with Outlook. So... Uh, Mr. PKI says, have you considered using Discord for your premium members for providing questions or tips during the podcast? For example, if you do not mention anything about Windows 10X, well, of course, a, a member could ask if Microsoft is going to declare Windows 10X as a dead project. Um, well, I don't think Microsoft would ever, I don't personally think Microsoft is going to come out and say Windows 10X is dead because 
that's a pretty big kind of like scowl on their face. Um, what they're going to come out and say is that they're taking a lot of their learnings and technology and migrating from 10X over to Windows 10. And that's going to be the way that they're saying that they're putting it on the shelf um, for now. Because they're not going to go in and like delete the repositories of 10X and, and like truly just erase it from history. But what they are going to do is just they're putting the priority back into primary Windows 10. But anyways, over to Discord. It's an interesting thought. Well, the one thing is, is I don't do this podcast particularly live anymore, mostly because uh, I do it now about... 8.15 in the morning starting and it's already a distraction enough to try to read a chat room while you're doing this. I've honestly thought about like trying to, I need to be more involved with Discord just because there's such a huge community over there uh, and, and figure out how that kind of plays into my my Twitter world and being part a better part of the, the community, if you will. An old Amiga user says, not using Discord, as Mr. PKI's question, but is Microsoft going to declare Windows 10X a dead project? What is two people in a row? Everybody must have knew this was coming, maybe. Or are they going to kill it with completely and trying to get Win32 apps running? Well, if they get, take 10, 10X and do everything that people wanted to do, it just turns into Windows 10. And so I think that's where they ended up. was like, hey, the more we try to make this like its own unique light version of Windows, the more it just becomes Windows 10 and we're just diluting our own investments and our own focus. And so 10X, I think, just kind of turned up being into a big distraction. Uh, Rory853 says, uh, Apple's new M1 processor is definitely leaving a mark for controlling the whole stack and making their own silicon. Uh, meanwhile, Microsoft is taking the opposite approach and working with all the silicon vendors. The only silicon that Microsoft has to work has has yet to work with is Samsung and their Xenos uh, line of chips. Do you know if Microsoft will be working closely with them based on, based on a computing device? Well, so... It would make sense because they're an ARM developer, but while Microsoft does work with all of them, in the ARM space, they're only working with Qualcomm. They don't, they, at one point, they were working with actually Texas Instruments and I believe NVIDIA, but that was way back in the RT days. Like, if you want to buy a, a an ARM based PC, it's going to be Qualcomm. You can have it any flavor you want, but it's going to be Qualcomm. Uh, I, I think it would make sense for Microsoft to work with companies like NVIDIA and Samsung to actually try to, you know, put some a little bit more fire in there. That way, people, those two, those three companies are, are really trying to crank performance. Uh, but as of right now, we have not heard anything about them. Um, so I don't know, but I think they should. But the problem is, is that Windows on ARM runs on a Qualcomm chip. You can't take Windows on ARM right now in its current flavor and have it run on an NVIDIA chip. you got to customize it for that solution. Although I think you could make similar arguments. It used to be like that with Intel and AMD way many years ago. Uh, but that's no longer an issue. And Shark47 says, we haven't heard anything about the Surface Pro X or Windows on ARM recently. Do you know what's going on in that space? I do know that Microsoft continues to make investments in Windows on ARM. They very much see that they have to be competing in that space and that it's unlike 10X, Windows on ARM, I would be shocked if that went away. I think it's always going to exist now going forward. Microsoft needs it to be around and it is slowly getting better. I don't think it's getting better at the rate that Microsoft would like it to, um, but it's certainly getting there. Actually, HP, I think it's HP Folio just shipped last week or this week or next week. It's shipping like right around now. Uh, runs the new Qualcomm 8CX, I believe. One of those chips. I can't keep it straight, uh, but it's definitely running the latest version of the Qualcomm chip and it's available now. And so it's not liking, looking like this is going away any time soon so well guys that wraps it up for this week as always uh or i shouldn't say as always but you should definitely give uh behind the tech with kevin scott a check out a download a listen if you will but as always friends thanks for tuning in and the only bs on this podcast is me <laughs>